Let's take a broad look at South Carolina's 2024 SEC schedule because we've talked about the obvious omission with Georgia. We've talked about the fact that Oklahoma is involved in their schedule. Now let's look at the rest of the games because this entire schedule as a whole is completely out of left field if you're a South Carolina fan. Real quickly, here are the SEC games for South Carolina in 2024. They have home games against LSU, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, and Missouri, and they've got road games against Alabama, Oklahoma, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. Now, my main takeaway from this entire schedule is one simple statement. Welcome to the new SEC. Because this is the way it's going to be now from 2024 onward. South Carolina is going to face four teams out of this entire group that are currently in the SEC Western Division. The Gamecocks have not played LSU since 2015 when they went down to Baton Rouge because of all the historic and horrible floods that took place in the Midlands here of South Carolina. They haven't played Ole Miss since 2020. The Gamecocks have not played in Tuscaloosa, Alabama since 2009. No matter what you think about the fact they got to play Bama, they immediately owe them that one. And then, of course, you've got Oklahoma thrown in there as well. There's no Florida, there's no Georgia, and there's no Tennessee on this schedule, which is going to be really, really weird for every South Carolina fan that pays close attention to this football program. The average distance for every road game that South Carolina is going to be playing in 2024 in their conference slate is 593 and a quarter miles. The average distance for every team that's going to be traveling to Columbia in 2024 in the SEC slate is 800 miles. That is a lot of traveling and just goes to show you that, again, this is no longer a regionally centric sport. This is now all about branding, all about I guess markets still to a certain degree, but mainly about getting the most notable programs in college football to be a part of your conference. That's a whole other discussion, of course, for another day. Regarding some of these other games, the Gamecocks do get Kentucky in this slate, which is notable because we talked a couple weeks ago about Ross Dellinger, an insider for Sports Illustrated, and his reporting on who the permanent opponents would be for each of the SEC teams in a... 177 or 8 game scheduling model, which is again what the SEC is seemingly going with in 2024. And he mentioned Kentucky being South Carolina's permanent opponent. That seems to shake out with this schedule. Old Miss, another team that is on this schedule. This is an intriguing addition. Again, South Carolina has only played Old Miss a couple times in the past 10, 15 years or so. They played him, I know, back in 2018 in Oxford. Then they played them during the COVID season in Oxford once again. And a lot of the Gamecocks matchups against the Rebels have been really, really close ball games. Of course, we all remember 2009 when the Gamecocks defeated the number four Ole Miss Rebels 16 to 10. That was the night that Sam Storm, in essence, was born in Columbia. We all know the shootouts that have taken place back in 2018 and 2020. Either way, this is going to be a very fun game between both programs. Two programs that are sort of viewed in a similar light in the SEC hierarchy. So that's an important game 
for South Carolina fans to circle, in my opinion. The Gamecocks do get Vanderbilt because, honestly, you know, Vanderbilt and South Carolina, again, they're kind of lumped together in that bottom group. Of course, though, nobody's as bad as Vanderbilt when it comes to football. But the Gamecocks do get an easy road game with the Commodores. And then you got the LSU Tigers, who, again, um, I think the Gamecock fans should appreciate still what LSU did for the program, for the team, uh, throughout those dark days when the Gamecocks and all South Carolina residents were dealing with some historically bad floods back in 2015. The Tigers hosted South Carolina in Baton Rouge, played the fight song and everything, treated South Carolina like they were the home team still. It was uh, it was really touching when all that took place. So the Gamecocks now are going to get that home game nine years later and will be able to host Brian Kelly's LSU Tigers here in Columbia. That's going to be intriguing just simply because South Carolina has never faced off against a Brian Kelly coached football team before. And also LSU now is seemingly the second best team potentially in this entire conference right behind Georgia. Alabama, of course, might have something to say about that. But again, I think right now you got to put LSU in that number one spot in the Western division. They got a lot of talent returning for 2023. So that's going to draw a lot of eyeballs simply because of what LSU has accomplished in the past several years in college football. The one question that I do have remaining after seeing this entire schedule and going through all these teams is if this schedule is including the Gamecocks three potential permanent opponents, if the SEC went with a 3-6-6 or 9-game scheduling model eventually, who in the heck would be their three permanent opponents out of all the teams I just mentioned? Because you look at some of these other teams in the SEC and some of their opponents they have on their 2024 schedule, and it kind of matches up with my hypothesis that, again, the three permanent opponents would be on there. Florida, for example, they got teams like Georgia, LSU, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Some of y'all may say, well, Andrew, those are a lot of organic, natural rivalries that Florida has. Okay, let's go to some other teams. Kentucky, they got Florida and Tennessee on their schedule. Arkansas has got LSU, Missouri, Texas, and Texas A&M. We've talked about this before. When it comes to natural rivalries in this conference, South Carolina just admittedly does not have a whole lot. They've got Georgia to a certain extent. They have maybe Florida or Tennessee. But that's really about it. South Carolina just does not have a lot of other teams where it's like they faced them for over a half century and it would hurt a lot of their fan base if they couldn't play them anymore. They just don't have that like a lot of these other teams do. So out of the teams I mentioned earlier, I mean, you know, Missouri, I guess, might make some sense because, yes, both teams, you know, the traveling will cancel out every other year. There have been a lot of really good games between both teams. They have a Mayor's Cup that they fight over every year. Both teams play in a city named Columbia and have been a part of the two most recent expansion years for this conference. So there are definitely certain tie-ins that you could throw in there with Missouri. Kentucky, we've talked about that. If they're the permanent opponent for an eight-game scheduling model, you got to believe that they're one for a nine-game scheduling model. But then who else out of these teams that I've mentioned? Ole Miss, probably not. Texas A&M, never's made sense to begin with. LSU, no. Bama, no. Oklahoma, no. Vanderbilt, 
I think if South Carolina got Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Missouri in a hypothetical 366 scheduling model, I think that SEC uh, teams would be very upset about that. I think they would say that South Carolina has gotten a very soft trio of permanent opponents. And admittedly, from a historical standpoint, I think you would have to agree with that premise. So that's why I still have the question remaining of who would their three permanent opponents be in a 366 model? Maybe I'm overthinking it too much. But again, just based on what I've seen with some of these other teams' schedules, you would think that South Carolina would have some obvious selections here as maybe a permanent opponent in a 366. But you don't see Florida on here. You don't see Tennessee on here. So we'll see how all that shakes out as the next couple of years continue to progress and whether or not this conference moves on to a 366 model. It'll be interesting to see how all of that unfolds. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.